Hey, this is Bradley Weber. I'm the pastor of Release City Church, and this is our podcast. I'm super excited that you tuned in, and I really hope today's message encourages you, gives you a sense of hope, and inspires you to pursue all that God has created you to be. Now, let's jump right in to today's message. I'm ready. If you brought your Bibles, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. Woo! Jeremiah 29, verse 11. All you Bible scholars can quote this, but this isn't even the verse that we're going to be at today, but this one is what I want to, I want to give you as, as, the, as, the, as we leave the tarmac, okay? As we put this plane in the air. As a matter of fact, stand to your feet. I want to, I want to read this over you. I want you to hear this word this morning. For I know the plans that I have for you. If you came in here wondering if God knows you, knows what you're going through, listen, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and, ha ha, here it comes, and a hope. So, Father, right now, I, I ask in the name of Jesus that your word would just illuminate and become alive. And, Father, may we see Jesus more clearly as we leave this place today, more clearly than we ever have before. Set us on fire for you, God. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hey, you may be seated. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor. Tell him, say, God's got a plan for you. <laughs> Andy Gay, God's got a plan for you. Butch Gearhard, God has a plan for you. And he knows where you are. And he knows the content and desires of your heart. I'd rather obey the Holy Spirit in this moment than give you any notes that I have taken time to jot down this week. So as the Holy Spirit, you want to know something about this pastor? As the Holy Spirit says... Call their name and tell them this. I will always be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know where you are, but God does. He just said it in his word. It's true. God has a plan and a purpose for every person in here. I'm not going to lie. When I begin to think about the creator of the universe and how he thought of me, How he created me and how he put purpose on the inside of me and even went so far as to put power and empower me to to finish the race and to be about the mission. See, see, if if I'm stressing out about that 12 acres and how it's all going to happen, that's because I have misplaced my hope. I'm talking to me today. That nugget wasn't just for you. It's directed. it, It comes directly into my inbox. And then I just hit forward and send it on out. Send it. Send it. God has a plan for you. It gets me jacked up when I think he chose me in spite of me, in spite of my stupid stupidity. Well, that's not nice to talk about. No, man, it gets me, it gets me fired up. Fired up. There's a, there's a, 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 I would say a student, but he's actually a young man. He's in his early 20s. He's the youth pastor at Pine Grove. His name is Joshua Newton. You may know him. Um, he and I have this really cool relationship. 
And sometimes here and there, he'll, he'll say, hey, hey, B, let's go, let's go for lunch, and we'll go and eat, and we'll share what's happening in the ministries. And, um, and it, it never fails before we get up from the table. He'll always say, is there something I can pray with you for? Is there something I can pray with you about? Dude, I'm like, I'm the one that asked that question. For somebody else to say, is there something I can pray with you about? That's a nugget for somebody. You want to make an impact? You're going to blow them away. But then you better know what to bring to the table. You better bring a prayer like no other. And so we'll share stuff, and, 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 and a lot of times if I post on Facebook, I think we, we posted the video or the picture of, of the property being paid for, and he dropped a comment, and the first thing he said was, let's go! He don't even go to this church, but he's a part of the body of Christ. He's my brother. I, anybody else? Like, there's something about, let's go, let's go, let's go. So when I was putting my notes together this week, I, I gave that the title of the message, let's go. Boom, let's go. There's stuff to do. There's a kingdom to be built. It's not Release City Kingdom. It's not B. Weber, Dennis Weber. It ain't, no, it ain't nobody. It's his kingdom. It's his church. You don't belong to me. You belong to Christ. I'm just a facilitator to make sure you get there. Whew. Let's go. Come on, nudge your neighbor. Say, let's go. I think that's how it is for a lot of us in the room, that we hear something uh, that, that someone is doing, it's really cool, it's meaningful, and sometimes we get to be a part, and we're like, oh yeah, baby, let's go, right? But then somewhere along the way, something happens, the excitement fizzles. You ever had a new job, you get excited about it, and then your, 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 your boss asks you to do something that really wasn't in the contract, you know? It's quick how we go, that's not, that's not my job responsibility. But you want the J-O-B, right? You wanted the promotion. You just cut yourself out when you go, well, that, what, that's not my responsibility. <laughs> what, it's because we lose the excitement. And then what happens? We're no longer, it's no longer convenient for us. It's no longer popular for us. It's no longer cool to do those things. So what do we do? We quit, give up, and walk away. For God, God has given you, many of you, dreams and visions for your life, for your marriage and for your family. And before, sometimes, before we even take the first step, because I'm not going to lie, when, when God gives you a vision and a mission, not sometimes, all the time, it's always going to be bigger than what you feel like you can handle, excuse me, what you can handle. And he does it that way because if it was within my grasp to do it, I'm going somewhere. Please don't, don't check out on me. It's because he will never give me something that makes him irrelevant. Okay, so that's a big project. But what happens is when God gives us a vision or a plan or a dream, we discount, we discredit, we count ourselves out. We disqualify ourselves before we ever take the first step. Why? Because we know us. I know me. I know my attitude. I know how I'll make jacked up decisions. I know how sometimes if I don't get my way, I'll turn into a 47-year-old little kid. God don't say nothing. I've seen grown-ups act like bigger kids. And I don't mean having fun. I'm talking about just, mm. It's time for, it's time. if you call yourself a, a Christian and a believer, it's time for us to grow up. 
I couldn't, I can't give her responsibilities at a level where I feel like she can't handle it. Because she was a kid, but now that she's grown up, she's got a little more responsibility. We wonder why God's not giving us responsibility. Maybe it's because we need to grow up. <laughs> I know Jesus, but it hurts sometimes coming out of my mouth. He's like, he just, you say it like I drop it in your spirit. Oh, I want him to like me after this is over, though, God. Let's get something straight right off from the jump. There is not a single person in this room right now that has not made a disastrous mistake in their life at some point. Not a one. Not the pastor, not the dude running sound, not Adam Hot. Not, ain't nobody. I know y'all think he's the golden child. Ain't that right, Mr. Bob? <laughs> Listen, there is not a single person in here that has not made a stupid mistake. And hot news flash, there's not a single person in here that won't make one before your life on this earth is through. Including me. So that should make some of y'all feel okay. Well, if the pastor makes stupid decisions, I'm all right. But the pastor's also admitting that he makes them. And I'm also getting on my face and my knees before God saying, Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever new. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Amen? Listen, we know we're creatures of habit, and a lot of habits that we make are straight up dumb. Habitual habits, life-altering habits, selfish habits. What am I saying? When God calls you to do something extra extraordinary for his kingdom, stop disqualifying yourself. Let's go. If I have ever felt Dennis Weber in me today, it's right now. Let's go. What you waiting on? Let's go. Let's go. Let, she, where we going? Hold on. Listen. What am I saying? Know who you are in Christ. You got an inkling of who you are. And I just told you, he's got a plan for your life. It is not to harm you. It's to, it's to bring you hope in a future 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says this in the uh, uh, Passion Translation. Let me read this to you. It says, we don't see ourselves as capable enough. I'm talking about what is God. Yes, we're all in this to build his kingdom in our city and impact the lives of families in our city. But what has, he, what has, God, been, what has God been leading and guiding and directing you to do? Let's talk about what's he doing in your life. Because I get it. We, we disqualify ourselves. But his word says we don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength. For our true competence flows from God's empowering presence. If, you, if the responsibility is too much, you need to get into his presence. That's where you're going to find the power. When, light, when things get too hard, it's time to get, make sure your hope is not misplaced. But then get back in his presence. A good start is church on Sundays. Yeah. Welcome back, those that have been on vacation. We've missed you. We hope you've had a great time. And let me say that. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. 
We're in a season. This goes with the title. Let's go. We're in a season right now where we just came out of vacation. Some of us were able to get away and, and those things, even if it was just to the river, whatever, just hit the reset. And we feel good right now. But in just a few weeks, as we, as we, as we cruise on into December, a lot of us in this room are actually going to start what I call coasting in. You know, just... You ever, you ever rolled on E? I'm not talking about in your car. That'd probably be everybody in here. But you ever just done life on E? Like you just, just coasting, just coasting in. Listen, what the Holy Spirit told me this week is this, it's time to go. It, let, 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 let's, let's go. Don't, don't, don't wait on, don't wait, don't get into September and then try to coast on through Thanksgiving and into Christmas. And then, and then hit a new reset in January. We all like January. Because January, that's when we start a new diet. We go on a fast. We try to, we try to change our prayer life. We're we going to read the Bible. All that, right? So we, we get, just, just get me to January 1. No, no, no. Let's start now. Let's go. I almost came off that stage. Let's go. I'm trying to fire somebody up. I don't know what God has been putting in your spirit or what he's been telling you. There's something that he's drawing you and directing you and leading you to do. And what the Holy Spirit is saying, stop waiting. Stop pausing. Stop being a coaster and let's go. <laughs> You want power to do the impossible? It's found in his presence. My prayer for you is anytime you start hearing the disqualifying voice of the enemy, that the voice of the Holy Spirit will become that much louder, telling you, I've qualified you. Let's go. Amen. I hear that same stupid voice. I hear, I hear that voice from time to time. Who are you to stand up? Who are you to declare the word? You don't even have an education to do it. That's who God wants to use is the people that nobody else would suspect. Trust me, if I could do anything else, I would do something else. But when God puts it in your heart and you stay and you stay consecrated and you stay surrendered to him, he will lead and guide you. Sure, there'll be moments that your hope will get misplaced. But when you get in your in his presence, it gets realigned. Anybody getting anything out of this today? I feel like I'm going, I'm going to listen to the podcast. Which, by the way, I got to listen to yours a week later. Amazing. Right on the money. Where we are in life. Learn to say no. I don't need to re-preach it. He's already given it to you. Touch your neighbor. Tell him, say, let's go. Listen, I believe that God is saying to the families of Release City Church, let's go. I've got something new for you. I've got a next level for you. I've got something deeper for you. I've got something more meaningful for you. Let's go. Let's go chase down the plans that I have for you. This is what God is saying. Let's go chase down the dreams that I put in your heart. The entrepreneurs. Just having conversations with different people about the seasons that they're in and their life. I'm just telling you, watch what God wants to do. Amen. If you're here today and you feel unqualified, God wants you to know that he has already qualified you. Let's go. Let's go. Throughout the Bible, we see where God used the most unlikely people to do the most extraordinary things for his kingdom. Let's go to Exodus chapter 3. There's a story in the Bible. I want to go there for just another 15 minutes, and then, and then we're, we're going to go home. Exodus chapter 3. There's a story in the Bible that really, really illustrates 
what, what, where, where we've been at for the, the past few moments. This story is centered around a guy by the name of Moses. Anybody ever heard of Moses? Okay, Exodus chapter 3. 3, verse 10. I'm going to read 10 and 11. It says this, now go. Everybody say go. For I am sending you. This is God speaking. Y'all know this story, the burning bush. Moses, come on now. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Now let me catch you up. The nation of Israel up until this point have been slaves for like 400 plus years in Egypt. And one day Moses was tending sheep and God shows up and says, let's go. Let's let's me and you go to Pharaoh and tell him, just let everybody loose. Now, there's a lot through these chapters. There's a lot of and I'm not going to read them all today, but there's there's a lot of back and forth. And Moses is pumping the brakes for for a couple couple chapters on this until God finally says, no, 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 no. This is your calling. Walk in it. So Moses goes to Pharaoh. You know, the story tells him, let Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, no, let my people go. I was waiting for y'all to give me that, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we need to bring Vacation Bible School back. Some of y'all's been a man. Y'all, y'all even forgot to, uh, y'all, never mind. Mm-mm. So, 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 so he says, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says no. So they face 10 plagues. Pharaoh finally turns them loose. And Moses leads approximately 2 million people out of Egypt. And Pharaoh then changes his mind, chases them down. God miraculously parts the Red Sea. The children of Israel go through. The army is just overtaken by um, the greatest miracle anybody's ever seen at that time when the Red Sea swallowed them all up. Y'all remember that story? Good old Sunday school. On the other side, the people are completely free. Now, it's through this group of people that we call the children of Israel that God was going to introduce and put Jesus into this family. It was this group of people that experienced what they experienced would literally change the course of humanity. We are where we are today because Moses said yes. In spite of, we're going to see what in spite of looks like, okay? I wonder what, I wonder what, I wonder what our city could look like if every person in the room abandoned themselves and began to say yes to Jesus. What would our city look like? It was in this moment that God said, let's go. That, that Moses immediately starts saying, how could somebody like me do something like that? When God spoke to him and said, let's go to Pharaoh, he said, how could I do anything like that? Anybody ever been there? How how can God, how can God use me? I've been divorced. So was your pastor. How could, how could God use me? I've been an alcoholic. I take drugs. I still, I still hit that weed sometimes. How could God use me? I'm, I'm a mess. I'm, I've done jail time. I'm a wreck. How could God use me? You are exactly the person that God wants to use. If you're in this room, that message is for you right there. Let's go. God wants to use you to build the kingdom of God. If somebody didn't jump in the, in the ditch with me, I'd still be laying in the ditch. Matter of fact, I may be dead in the ditch. I've done some things in my past that somebody should have put a gun to my head and pulled the trigger. Matter of fact, I got to a place in my life where I was so beside myself, I actually tried to take my life. Oh, how can God use me? 
Why would he want to use me? Surely there's somebody more qualified to do this. Have you ever been there? Have you ever heard one of God's promises and then compared it to where you are in life and said, man, there ain't no way. Some of you already know about Moses, but this verse that we just read, when God, when God called Moses, listen, Moses was 80 years old. We already know that God likes to do miraculous things through old people. Abraham, Sarah. <laughs> right? He'll, he'll, use, he'll use an a donkey. I've seen him use some in my lifetime. And I'm not talking about the one. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We've all been in the pasture making a lot of noise. Are you tracking me? Okay. That was me trying to be sweet. Sweet pastor. Listen. Moses was in his, in his 80s. Now, we're not talking about 80 and successful. You know what Moses' job was? He was tending sheep, not his sheep, somebody else's sheep. He had not arrived where he had his own sheep. He was tending to somebody else's sheep. He was watching somebody else's. Here he is, 80 years old, watching somebody else's sheep, and, and he has a stuttering problem, kind of like, like me sometimes when I get a little too excited and I'm ready to go. And, 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 and then he's a fugitive on the run. So when he hears God's promise and he looks at his life, I'm 80. I don't even have my own sheep. I can't even talk. And I'm a fugitive. I'll get there in a minute because some of y'all didn't know about Moses. You thought the only people God used had a clean slate. No, it was dirty. Oh, I can't even wait to tell you. Some of y'all already know. If, you, if, if you're sitting by somebody who don't know, don't tell them yet. I want, to, I want to shock and awe them in a minute. Because God will use the most unlikely people to do the most, to do the most extraordinary things. Amen. Maybe when I opened up today's talk and I said, God has a plan for your life. And you were probably thinking, and some of y'all were thinking in your mind, if God really has a plan for my life, then why am I going through this right now? If God really had a plan for my life, why did that happen? If he really has a plan for my life, if he really has a, a plan for my future, then why, did this, why does this situation in my life look like this right now? This is exactly what Moses was saying. If Moses was here today and in the place of me today, this is what he would tell you. I believe he would tell you. If he looked back at his life all those years ago, this is what he would say. It doesn't matter how impossible your situation looks right now, Release City Church. He, he would say, it doesn't matter how impossible the dream that, that he put in your heart may look. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made. It doesn't, it doesn't phase God at all. Matter of fact, it does not cancel out the calling on your life. Because God specializes in impossible situations. In the last half of today's talk... I want us to move backwards to the point of the story. We're in the point of the story where God, God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. Sometimes, he, matter of fact, if Jesus was to, God was to speak today, he'd have to, he'd have to talk to you through a burning cell phone because it's the only way he could get to you. For some of y'all, it'd have to be a burning television set, Netflix and chill. But they didn't have none of that. So what do you have to do? Speak to him through a burning bush. In the moment that he said that, now I want us to back up. We know that part of the story. 
But I want to back up to the time before the nation of Israel was in slavery. Let's go back. Back. What we know, what we now call the nation of Israel, before then was just a family. Just a little history for you. It was just a family. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and then whoever else was alive at that point in time. And, and, and this family, everybody say family. We know them as the children of Israel, but it was a family. <coughs> they moved from Egypt, I mean, excuse me, they moved to Egypt for food. How many knows that you'll do desperate times, call for desperate measures? And you'll do things that you would not necessarily do in your own. I know that's gross, I'm sorry. You would, not, you would do things that you no, normally would not do through desperation. So they moved to Egypt for food. And that family, the nation of Israel, it, it started growing. And, 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 the, and, 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 and Pharaoh, the king, he, he, he took a look and he said, man, this family is growing way too fast. And I, I'm just afraid at the, at, the, at the size they're getting and at the rate they're growing, I'm afraid that, that what they might do is they could overthrow the Egyptians. So, so he decided to make all of that family Slaves, and he and he put uh, 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 slave masters over them. Okay, well, follow me now. And so, so, but it didn't stop them, because how many knows when God puts something in your heart, no man can stop it. And so they're reproducing at a very fast rate. Just a family. It's just a family. And so Pharaoh's, he's like, man, they're, they're still growing too fast. If we, if we don't put an end to this, something they could take over. And so, so he puts into law that for those people, any slave girl that has a baby boy must be killed on the spot. No questions asked. And if you don't do it, you're dead. He's trying to manipulate and control what God wanted to happen. But how many knows you cannot do it? Are y'all still with me? Y'all still good? So it wasn't enough. So he made the law. It was practically impossible for any baby boy to be born and live. Exodus chapter 2. Let me go here and read this to you. Exodus 2, 1 through 3 says, About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi. Is that right? Yeah, of course it is. And the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant. Here we go. And gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden. When God gives you something Special, you don't have to put it on Facebook for everybody to know. You got to keep it hidden. That's why we knew about the property almost a year, more than a year before we ever told y'all. Because we kept it hidden. Because I didn't need the enemy getting involved and letting somebody else's eyes get on that property and they get the deal. That's funny, but that's a learning curve that not all of us have gotten to a place where we understand and we wonder why the thing that we felt like God had given us is now no longer in our reach. It's because we talked too much. This thing will get you in trouble. So much trouble. And make you look silly while you do it. Okay, I got to keep moving. I could just went somewhere with that, but I'm going to keep on trucking. 
I want you to picture this for a second because we know this story, but way too often, especially those of us that have been in church for a long time, we miss out on the details. So I want you to picture this. There is a slave girl who has a child, but by law has to be killed. So she takes her three-month-old baby boy down to the river, and she puts him in a basket, and she floats him down the river. I, hadn't even, I haven't even read it, but, but it says, but when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of uh, papyrus reeds. I can't even pronounce it. And waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in a basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. How many of us would actually take the one thing that we've been believing God for and put it in a... Uh, I'm not talking about a baby. I'm talking about the thing that you've been believing God for. He gives it to you and then you have to release it and let it go and trust Him. This stuff will apply because I'm like, well, who would do that? Somebody who is complete... Completely put their hope and trust in him. They've not misplaced their hope. Gosh, I, now I see how all this is tying together. I got to ask this. What are the odds that the baby floating down the river one day would overthrow the most powerful man on the planet? The one that he would... He didn't know. He just said, I got to... I got to... Kill them all. Kill all the babies. Sound familiar? Anytime God is trying to do something in the earth, they go for the babies. What are the odds that this baby defeats the most powerful army on the planet and delivers the children of Israel from over 400 years of slavery? It was, her, it was his mama's yes, I will hide him and send him. It was her yes that even got him to a place where he could then say yes. Your yes. Other people depend on your, your yes. I'm looking in a room about 150 people. I don't know. Y'all are depending on me to say yes. How many people are depending on your yes to God? This lets me know, this story, if, if I was to put it in a nutshell, this story lets me know that we don't just serve a let's go God, we serve an against all odds God. That no matter what you're going, going through, listen, listen to the sound of my voice. No matter what your circumstance is, no matter what you're facing, we serve a God that will never fail you and he will get you through whatever it is. Amen. Listen, listen, there is no situation on the planet that he cannot turn around and that includes yours. There is no marriage gone too far that God cannot turn around. I'm speaking from experience. There's no situation that God can't fix. There's no broken heart that God can't mend. There's no tragedy that he cannot get you through. There is no dream that he can't make happen. And there's no past that he cannot redeem. No matter what you're facing, God will face it with you. Put your hope and trust in God. You may not have known that Moses had a past. Exodus 2 verse 11 says this. Many years later when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people. Are you there with me? Here he is. He's on the banks and he's overlooking his own people, the Hebrews. And he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his uh, fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions, and there wasn't nobody around, 
Are you, are, you, are you picturing this? He was looking in all directions to make sure that no one was watching. Moses killed the Egyptian and hid his body in the sand. He was a murderer. Moses, Ten Commandments, burning bush, baby in a basket, led the children through the Red Sea. So you think you got a past that God can't overlook and turn it around? We may not have killed somebody, but when we hear a pastor say that God's got a plan and a purpose for your life, it's hard to swallow because we know that we've got a past. We know our sin. In closing, what happens a lot of times is we're not even listening or allowing God the opportunity to call us to something bigger because we've already disqualified ourselves and positioned ourselves in a place where we can't hear from Him. We stop coming to church because we've disqualified ourselves. God surely couldn't use me. If there's one thing that we can take away from this story, and it's this, and I'm going to say it again. There is no past on this planet that God cannot redeem. It does not matter what you've done. If you're in this room, hear these words. There is no past. There is nothing so crazy that you've done that God cannot redeem. I feel you. I know what I've done. You say, I, you, you, you say I, I know what was done to me. Perhaps there were things done to you that you didn't ask for. You didn't have any power over. But he can heal you. God was saying, I know about your past, but let's talk about your future. That's what he was saying to Moses. I know about, I know about it. The guy under the sand, I know about him. You can read on that Moses then went, went back out another day and somebody said, are you going to kill him just like you killed the other one? Moses thought nobody was looking. Oh, how we try to hide our sin and feel like nobody saw. God always sees, but do we really care? It shows how much we care if he cares by how we just go and do it again. <clears throat> This is how God says it. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm done. Adam's going to come and close a, a, a prayer of blessing over this house. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. This is what God would say to you who is saying, but I've got a past. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Before he comes, I'm going to give you just, I'm going I'm to give you, I'm going to give 60 seconds for somebody to, for, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say goodbye to the old life. And hello new. There is no situation on this planet that our God cannot turn around. If you're here today and you're facing something that is overwhelming, if you're here today and you're facing something overwhelming, would you stand? If you're, this is not, 
salvation is if you're facing something that is overwhelming and this message has talked to you will you stand I want to pray I want to pray a prayer over you right where you stand if you're facing something that is so overwhelming they don't nobody else knows maybe a group of people do know maybe I've got to make it a, a life altering decision I don't know so, but, but this I do know, God, in the name of Jesus, I lift up every single person who is standing, every person that is listening to the sound of my voice through podcasts, who is driving, working out, whatever, and who are saying, yep, 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 that's me, that's me, that's me, it's overwhelming. Listen, redirect your hope off of the circumstance and onto the God who says there is absolutely nothing, no circumstance that I can't turn around if you'll put it in my hands. So what do I do, B? Put it in his hands. Put it in. How do I do that? That means redirect your thoughts and your mind off of it. God has you. I know a little on the inside, but he has you. He has you. You are where you are. He has placed you there and he has equipped you for the job, the mission, and the journey. Amy Weber, I love you. And just the excitement that I have in watching the growth. I can't imagine the growth and the excitement that he has for you because of that growth. Oh, you're picking on her because she's your wife. I said at the very beginning, if the Holy Spirit says you tell somebody right now, I'm going to tell you right now. Amen. There is no situation that he, it's too big that he cannot turn around. Get your mind off of the circumstance and on to Jesus. Get your mind off of the problem and get your mind on him. Yes. Thus saith the Spirit of the Lord. You may be seated. In the last 60 seconds, if you're here and you say, you know what? I need to tell my old life goodbye. I've been that. I've done that. And I got to stop. Does that mean it's going to be easy? When you put your hope in God, it, it becomes easier. It's when we try to do it through the five-step program. There's nothing not knocking those programs, but his program ain't never turned anybody away and it's a hundred percent every time so if you're here today and you say I need to make him my savior and my lord I'm not going to embarrass you all I want you to do is throw your hand up when I count to three and I'm going to pray for you I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you're going to tell your old life goodbye and hello new me if that's you on the count of three one you want me to pray for you? You want to be led to Jesus. You want him to be the Lord of your life. You want all of those other things to no longer hold value to you. He comes first. On the count of three. One, two, three. Hands all over this room. Let's pray this prayer loudly and clearly because God, not because God's hard of hearing, but because the devil's hard of hearing. Oh God, come on and say it together. Oh God, I come before you today confessing my sins confessing my old life you already know I'm just being honest make me come on make me a new creature create in me a clean heart 
renew in me a right spirit come into my heart be my savior be my lord i place you first and i redirect my hope in you i place you first in my life from this moment on my life will never be the same again in jesus name well thanks again for tuning in To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. For more content from Release City or just to stay connected with us, be sure to check us out on all of our social media platforms at Release City Church or through our website at releasecitychurch.org. We love you. And until next time, the best is yet to come.